Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode and yes today is Friday and there is a reason why I did not do a podcast yesterday because today marks one year since I started the podcast and I figured hey what makes it even more special than to do it literally a year from the first one. Now if you've ever gone back and actually listened to my beginnings um you could tell how different it was by the sense of how nervous I was because I was very nervous. Uh, for one, when God asked me to do this, I was not really certain I really wanted to do this. But then, you know, as I continued to do a little bit more research to discover a way to be able to share what God wanted me to share, I discovered Anchor. Um, it was free for one and two, it made things easier for me and still you know I still use anchor right now because I'm not in a position where I can really scope out further or what I could do with podcasting um but it's a great start it's a great atmosphere for this and that's why I promote it but two the other thing was that as I did this more it got a lot easier to do the podcast so you're out there and you've been thinking about doing something that you were scared to do or nervous about or uncertain about it does take time to get used to it and comfortable but i could tell you this is worth it if god is calling you to do something because over time you gain the experience gain the understanding and well it becomes easier to do so since it's been a year i figured one of the things we should probably do is go back to the reasons why we're doing uh, why I'm doing this podcast. So, one of the things that I why I really wanted to do this was because I got to experience what it was like to actually build a men's ministry a bit uh, at my last job before um, I got kicked out and God pulled me out all at the same time. Um, it was growing, I was seeing men change, and I was seeing a growth that was needed desperately in that church. Uh, uh, you know, sadly, I was the only spiritual leader that was concerned about building men. But at the same time, God did use me in that time to grow and learn and better understanding why this is important to have men be a focus. Now, I want you to also understand this is also for women as well i do think women are you know women's ministry is kind of not it's kind of pulled away from being more like a sisterhood and it's kind of gone into more of a social social club for so many churches and some churches don't even have a women's ministry but overall men's ministry has been kind of i guess like not very powerful or strong within the church and it becomes more of just a men's breakfast thing once a month or uh, let's talk about something once a month. But there's no like in-depth, you know, no no reaching out to each other, no encouragement, no praying, praying together, no prayer for each other. You know, there's none of this like what I've been calling it is a brotherhood, an idea where men can come together, be real with one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, keep each other accountable but also teach each other about the scriptures and to talk about uh, who God is to them and understand what it means to be a man of God. You know, be that warrior that God has 
has put into into each of every one of us whether it is a peacekeeper whether it is a frontliner whether it is someone who sits in the background and prays or leads without having to be seen you know there are sometimes men that you've probably have met who no one's going to ever know who he is but he does a lot in the background and there's nothing wrong there's different levels of what men are supposed to be it, we all don't all have to be <clears throat> charismatic we don't all have to be leading in every little aspect of leading we don't have to be the forefront in the face of you know in front of everybody leading means that you are willing to do what god is asking you to do in wherever it may be home at work at church um, but i will tell you this he would not be asking you just to come to church to sit there in service and that's it because it's really a responsibility for all men and women to be ministers that's one of the big things i've kind of noticed that's kind of been not talking about in many churches um not explained or even suggested we are all to be ministers it doesn't mean all of us are supposed to be pastors all of us are supposed to be sunday school teachers or even just teachers some of us have gifts that are for that and we are placed in positions like pastors or directors or uh, sunday school teachers or even like teachers at for a program that the church may have but even the guy who's not doing that you should also be ministering to other people in fact you should also still be mentoring other men you should be a discipler of disciples See, there is no excuse removed just because you're not a pastor or you're not a director or you're not a teacher. And if the idea is like, well, that's scary. I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I, I don't have any good formal education. And that, those are excuses because you can learn scripture. You can study scripture. You can promote, hey, let's get a bunch of guys together. Let's pray together. I mean, even just starting with prayer is probably the key thing that men could be doing together, even if none of them feel comfortable about teaching. That being said, you know, the things I learned through that men's ministry I started and what I went through, I discovered that there is basically two main verses that stood out to me for what makes men be men and it's not detailed information in the sense of you know a man should love his wife that stuff that i added add to teaching like as part of teaching but the aspect of ephesians 6 10 through 18 which if you know what that is that's the armor of god and first corinthians 16 13 through 14 now, in Ephesians, it states, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And New King's Version, I believe, is the darts um, that come at you. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, just that in the beginning of this section is vital. It's very important to understand this. Let's move on. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I really believe standing firm is a very important part about being a warrior of God. Standing, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying all, at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then Ephesians, Ephesians, I don't know, 1 Corinthians 16, excuse me, uh, 13 through 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. So the idea that I always had was there is two points. There is being a lion and then there is being a lamb. A lot of times what we've been run into is that either we have men that are too much like a lion or we have men that are too much like a lamb. And we need to, to understand that we need to be fierce like a lion as, as, a, as a warrior, as a leader, as a man of God. But we also got to learn how to be gentle, loving, caring, compassionate, and in many ways emotional without the added stuff that the world keeps adding to it. That makes sense. So the idea that we have men who think that crying is bad, that's not a good way of thinking. You, you should cry. Jesus wept. Jesus cried for his, bro his brother and sisters. Jesus wept for his friend who died. It's okay to cry. But at the same time, we should not be super feminine and acting girlish and um, to the point where we think that being tough is evil or wrong because that's wrong too. We need to be fierce. We need to be men. We need to lead when we need to lead. But we can always lead with a gentle heart, with a loving heart. There, there, there is a balance between that. So we're not supposed to be kings of our homes. We're not supposed to be lords of, of God's kingdom. We're not, we're not that. We're men. We're his warriors. We're his men. We're supposed to be men of God, not men ruling with God. Because we're not going to rule with God. God is going to be our king, our lord, or he is if you're a Christian. Um, and he should rule as that over you. But you need to also lead your home. You need to lead at church and you need to lead at work. You need to lead in your communities. I think we've gotten a lot of men who have been stepping back too much. where just going to church or giving tithe is enough to be considered godly or Christian. And that's not how we're supposed to be either. 
So the idea is, Ben, we, we're supposed to take these, like, first, just the first two verses in Ephesians, where we talk about be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Because we're not fighting against men, per se. Because the men, you know, human beings, they are either, you know, accept Christ or they did not. And two, you have the enemy, which is the devil and his cohorts, trying to fight badly to make us confused, to make us uncertain, to try to break what God has created us to be as men and trying to redesign it to be what he wants it to be to destroy us. Not because he's trying to redo humanity. Because remember, the one thing that the enemy wants to do is hurt God because they can't defeat him the best next next best thing to do is attack his creation and in our case men destroy the identity of what a man's supposed to be confuse our young men in their sexuality confuse our young men in about what it means to be a man because we don't know how to lead a home let alone be a dad let alone be responsible for our money because he wants them to be confused he wants them to think like a child longer in time instead of starting to think like a man it doesn't mean we can't have fun it doesn't mean we can't enjoy our hobbies it doesn't mean you can't go and do legos with your kid what it means is that you have matured or not matured because the enemy has clouded our brains to become very selfish, very self-minded as men. I mean, if you look at a lot of young men these days, I mean, there is some that have figured it out, but there's plenty that, you know, still act like they're 16 when they're 25 or 20, 27 years old because they haven't figured it out that they need to put others first over themselves and what they want. And this comes down to these verses. It's like taking on his armor, okay? You know, verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. This is a key phrasing for me. To stand firm, and as you notice, it also says in 1 Corinthians, also stand firm. In the faith act like men be strong see the idea is that we as men oh actually let me phrase this why do you think paul mentions to us whether you're a woman or a man stand firm because if you were to look at yourself and you were to look at people's lives when things got hard, what do most people love to do? They love to run. When things get hard in our Christian walk, we go back to being how we used to be. See, the idea is that Jesus never promised that it was going to be easy to be a Christian. He just promised that he'd be there with us. That's why he's given us the full armor of God. Because he knows that the enemy is going to do everything possible to try to break us 
let alone the flesh of our bodies, the sin nature that we we have on us, will always be trying to pull us back to the world. And his spirit is always going to pull us towards him, towards the truth. So the more we spend time in his word, the more we spend time studying with other men, the more time we spend praying with each other. And I'm not even talking about alone. I'm talking about literally praying with other men, praying with their wives, um, spending time at the church, not just to be a seat warmer and pay tithe, but step it up. You know, if you see that, hey, you know, the church really needs to have a cleanup day. Let, you know, you not go, not you going to the pastor telling him that, hey, we need to do that because if he is busy, he may not be able to spend the time to do all that kind of stuff. So you take lead and say, hey, Pastor so and so, I noticed that the, you know we could clean up the church a little bit. Do you mind if I get a group of guys or a group a group of families together and we can come in and we can clean up the church? Do you know how much of a help that would be? Or maybe you notice, hey, you know, plants outside need to be replaced. Or, hey, could we, like, maybe upgrade the landscape a bit? And he goes, I I, I could get a few people. We can come in and we can fix. Those are the type of things that you, not necessarily being a pastor or a leader or director, can do. Or if you notice that there's people in your church know so and so you know their fence really needs to be fixed up and you've and you've kind of heard him talking about it or them talking about how they need need don't have the money to buy the wood and they're having problems you know and their back is killing them even <clears throat> even if it's a young younger guy you know not not all young people are healthy not all even middle aged group guys are healthy Maybe you've been hearing, and I know pride always wants to get in the way, but you could just take a few men and say, hey, man, we're going to come in this weekend to help you with the fencing. Because that's how it starts, in my opinion. It starts by men noticing, paying, paying attention, getting off their high horse or getting out of the fear box and actually stepping up and helping. I mean... Even if you notice that a guy is sitting there, at, you know, in, during service, and he, at the end he is crying, he's you could just tell having a really hard time. Go over there and be there for him. You know, we can only take so much before our emotions do come out, and if we're teaching men to box in our emotions, it's going to explode. This is the time for us to stand firm in our faith. Stand firm in who we're supposed to be as men of God. Because the enemy is coming after all of us. That guy that's crying after service may need. No, he's not fighting this battlefield alone. Helping, you know, Joe, Joe Thompson this fencing is is showing him love compassion and fierceness that he's not battling this world alone because the key thing that i've been learning is that 
men think they face things alone. I want you to think about that as we take a quick break. Hey guys, and welcome back to the second half. And we're just talking about how men often feel like they're battling alone. I think that's the key thing about understanding what it means to be a man of God is that we men are not facing this world alone. That all of us men are going through the different scenarios of life. All of us go through similar scenarios of feelings, emotions, struggles, hurts, pains, and we need to be there for one another, helping each other stand firm. Like one of my descriptions, even in the earlier uh, podcasts, is like I did a podcast not too long ago called Fog of War. And the idea of Fog of War was to show that we're not standing alone. And that sometimes we need to be in Fog of War because God's trying to show us something. So the key thing is that Fog of War and not standing alone doesn't always mean that we're standing alone because we're purposely not getting out of it or not noticing. Sometimes God needs us to be alone for a time so that he can get our attention. But I think sometimes what happens is that men stay stuck in that aloneness. They stay stuck in the fog. You know, God's like, okay, you know, I taught you, you know, you know let's move forward. But what happens is because of the enemy trying to get us to think we are alone, we start believing the lie and we start staying stuck in it. That's why I think it's also important for us men to also reach out to other men because there may be men who think they're all alone. They're like they're the only ones that ha they're struggling with their marriage. They're the only ones struggling with financials. They're the only ones that don't seem to be able to find the job that they were hoping to get. They're the only ones that are struggling with their sexuality in, in the sense of either, you know, there's men that may be struggling with homosexuality issues, doesn't make them less of a man. And then there is other men that are struggling with like pornography or considering an affair or, you know, messing around with other women, um, but not the affair part. Um, Talking about like even single guys messing with girls. They're trying to find something. But they need to know they're not alone in the struggle. And But at the same time, having a group of men coming around a group of men, you also create accountability. Because now, not only are you dealing with your sin issues, you have men that are saying, hey, turn from that. Repent from that. Get on track. Spend time with God. How are you doing? Are you staying, you know, staying true? No, you struggled, you fell. Okay, let's pray again. Let's work together. Let's keep, try to figure another way to work. That's working with men. That's a team of men. That's a brotherhood of men. We shouldn't be facing these battles all alone. And we should know that we're not facing these battles all alone. You know, there's a guy that considering divorce, so he goes to all of his unsafe friends or he goes to a psychiatrist telling him that, you know, maybe it is a good idea instead of going to the men of the church and asking, hey, I'm struggling with my marriage. How can I work on this? Because there may have been other men in your church that either one had a divorce and learned, two, 
another guy who's at it actually consider it but figured out how to put god first in his life and in his marriage it doesn't mean that everything's gonna be hunky door doesn't mean everything's gonna end with a happy happy note but it does mean there is a way to not be alone in battles besides just having god god has provided other men and two it gets you on track and putting the full armor of God because if men are getting around each other, we're able to help each other to stay on the path that we're supposed to stay on, on where the armor that we're supposed to be wearing, keeping each other accountable and encouraging one another, praying together. And those are the key things. Because to stand firm, you got to have confidence, right? And if you were to take back and go through your life in every situation, when there were times where you were confident, like you had to work to get to that confidence. I mean, for me, it was sports. You know, I did a lot of street stuff, like street basketball and maybe street football. But when I actually had to play in a football team, you know, I felt like I and to relearn things but in reality it was because I didn't have the confidence in the skill that I did have until I kind of showed it and proved it and then when people are like oh you know you you are at, you know at a level that we need here I was able to play more a lot more actually I played even my freshman through my senior year um, with the skills I did have but the truth was I had to understand I needed the confidence in the skill that I already had. But I also had to have the confidence in knowing that I needed to learn. I think one of the key things about being a man of God is a man who's willing to learn. You know, standing firm is great, but you also means to stand firm. You got to be able to be educated. You got to be willing to to learn from other men. You need to be willing to learn from your pastor. You need to be willing to learn from God. Because one of the things that gets in the way a lot of times is pride. Pride gets in the way. We don't we don't want to feel like, you know, one of the things about men is we don't want to feel like we always need help, that we always need to learn. We, need, we want to be champions over understanding. But sometimes even pastors need to learn, need to listen, they need to grow and no amount of education you can have as high as a doctorate it doesn't make you an expert it makes you highly educated but doesn't make you an expert and you need to learn and understand that <clears throat> when you go to your church and just because your pastor may went to seminary doesn't make you less of a godly man or less spiritual man to lead your family or even to lead a Sunday school class. In fact, your pastor should be discipling people. He should be working with other men who have qualifications that he can see. Doesn't I'm not talking about they went to a Christian school or they had you know, their bachelor's or master's or their own seminary or even doctorate's level of education. I'm talking about men that have been studying God's word who have the potential of leading a Sunday school class or even becoming a pastor. Cause that's the one thing, you know, at my church echo, you know, I, I want to seek out men 
who have the capability of leading, who may have a potential of becoming a pastor who didn't go to school, but they're studying and they're learning. And I would like to create a program to help them become a licensed pastor and then eventually ordain one if that's what they want to be. And it would be great to see men from the church be transformed into such positions versus always trying to find people on the outside to do it. But it really comes down to the understanding that standing firm, like in First Corinthians, you know, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, but let all that you do be done in love. I mean, the key thing is we can look tough and be the most powerful man in the face of the planet. But if you can't do it in love, that's all you're going to be. Because the love aspect allows us to be compassionate, show uh, caring towards other people. But it also means that even though we stand firm in what we're saying, the person knows that we still love them. Because it is our duty to be watchful. We are supposed to be watchers, protecting the flock of the church, protecting our family, protecting, you know, even at work. You know, just because you work at a job that isn't ministry does not mean you can't stand up for other people who are being bullied or, or the boss is kind of pushing it too far, mistreating them, crossing the line a bit. Um, or even just someone being a bully to someone else, you could speak up. You're just as responsible at work as you are at home. And you're just as responsible at work that, in, that you are at church, in your community. Very vital that we understand that standing firm has a lot of aspects to this. We need to understand, men, that we are in a battlefield every day, but we're not alone battling. We need to understand that the fog of war can be removed by God to let us see other men who are also going through similar battles, but let alone know that other men are going to going through battles, and that we can face it together. We need to understand the importance of each part of the armor of God through the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, through the gospel of peace in our feet, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. See, the all aspects to this armor piece, pieces that we have, when you put them all together, creates a unity about ourselves. Like our walk is unified. And when one is under attack if you if you have properly spent time in god's word you studied it you you spending time together in prayer because i mean that uh, to me the missing and most important part about the whole armor of god is prayer verse 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication prayer is very very vital and if you're not doing that as a man you're going to find that you have a lot of chinks in your armor because prayer is the most powerful tool that we can use in the battlefield. Because we got to remember 
we're not necessarily being the fighters. The Holy Spirit is. God is. But we need to understand that we are fighting a battle. And it's to keep our walk in truth in the Lord. So by us keeping these armor pieces strong, readied, repaired, it protects parts of our our walk, belt of truth, our foundation, our truth. Righteousness is keeping us from <clears throat> basically how I look at it, walking in the world versus not walking in the world. So walking in God, walking in the world. Righteousness allows us to be walking upright gospel of peace we should walk around not looking to fight but the truth is you can't have peace unless there is fighting that's always a misconception we think peace means no war but peace really means sometimes you have to fight to have it the defending things that we see going around in our world today teachings that are not biblical enforcements by the Hollywood and the media trying to push ideas into our children's hearts and minds, we need to be able to say, no, I don't think so. So that's always a misconception. We think peace means there is no such thing as war type of concept, like a utopia. No, that's not what it means. So in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. I think the one thing that falls and gets destroyed or even becomes very fake is our faith. We say we believe in what God tells us is true, but Satan knows if I can get you to just change your mind about certain things, it will change the way you look at your faith. Because if you start believing on views that are being encouraged today as okay when scripture says it's not you're deceiving yourself when you're spending so much time trying to figure out how to be loving but you compromise that's, your, your faith is breaking right there it's taking away your truth and readjusting, kind of changing it just slightly enough where your shield is not as strong. And then you start getting confused. And then you start pointing fingers at other Christians saying, why don't you believe this? Why aren't you being loving? Why are, why are you being a hypocrite? The truth is, is they're not. If they're standing for the truth. Something to think about. Because, oh, here's where it talks about the flaming darts of the evil one. Because Satan is going to throw arrows at you. And if you have your guard down, if you know what it's like to have a shield on your arm, when you put your guard down, how easy is it to start hitting other parts of your armor? That's why your shield's very important. Some of the salvation is to understand from our heart, which is kind of interesting, the righteousness of the breastplate of righteousness in our minds which is the helmet of salvation. That's where the main targeting, I believe a lot of times the enemy tries to go for going for our minds and our, our helmet of salvation is to remind us who we are following. Something very interesting to think about our salvation is what Christ has done for us. 
and who we follow is him. And if we're believing things that don't follow him, our helmet is getting kind of less defensive, <coughs> making it easy for the enemy to shoot a dart because already your shield's down. Now let's start focusing on that because if you could change the mind, you start changing the heart. Start changing the heart, your truth starts changing too. <clears throat> so all those pieces right there are all defensive. And so God also offers the sword of the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the word of God. That is our tool of attack and even defense, because you still can defend him with your sword. But it's the truth. By you understanding your truth, your word of God, understanding what it means and what it stands for, you will be able to withstand the enemy. One, you won't be able to block all the darts because that's why you need your shield. But you will be able to withstand the enemy's frontal attacks. But two, it allows you to share the truth to other people because they will see it. Because it's not going to be us that changes a person's mind. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. So if anything, use verses. You know your Bible, you speak verses, you speak truth with the verses, because those are going to be the most powerful words that you can ever say. Sometimes, most of the time, I will say logic and trying to be philosophical is, is not going to work. Trying to use the Christianese or the Christendom wordings and trying to sound intelligent is not going to make a difference. God's word is truth. The Holy Spirit will be used through God's word because it is the truth. The spirit will transform a person's heart and mind. It's not going to be anything necessarily what you do, though your example in the way you live, in the way you stand firm in your faith, that's also going to make a statement. But it's really the Holy Spirit that's going to do the actual penetration of truth. It's going to be able to reach a person's heart to be able to change a person's mind. This is why it's very important for you, men and women who are listening, to have your armor of God strong, to have understanding of God's word, to spend time in prayer, study with other people, and to be willing to speak truth. We gotta stop being afraid. We gotta stop sitting in the background not say anything about our faith to anybody and just letting people walk all over Christianity because you're too afraid to say something. Don't be afraid. That's not part of our fear is not a part of our our personage as a Christian. That's the flesh and that's the enemy trying to convince you that you can't do something. Well you're not a pastor. You you don't have the capability. Well you're not a you're not one of your you're you're not your Sunday school teacher. You're not one of the the leaders of the church so therefore you don't have the no that's a lie all of us do remember i said in the beginning we're all ministers we should all be discipling we should always be praying we should always be seeking opportunities that's the key thing for this one year one year podcast is to go through these verses once again and just to remind you that why warrior within is about warriors and then about um, building up men to be men of God because it is vital. It's missing in today's culture men that are leading appropriately, but leading in truth, leading as men, 
Um, and I want to encourage you guys. I want you guys to reflect on these verses today. I want you to think about if you guys have been listening since a year, you know, what has happened this year or from last year into this year for you? Um, how, cl- how much closer have you been to God? Have you been seeking him out? Have you been building up a men's ministry in your church? Have you been getting even a few men just coming together to pray together? I mean, one of the key things you could possibly do, if anything, find a few good men come together either just before church or just during the week and just pray for your church. Pray for the men in your church. Pray for your pastors. If anything, you could do that. Pray for each other. That each other would be better men, whether you're single, married, have kids or not. You need to pray for each other. And then start asking God, how can you, even if it's just you three or four, can start leading your church? And see what God does this next year. Is there, is there more coming out of it? Is there things happening? Because God will answer prayer. may not answer the way you want. You know, we, I did do a podcast on that. Sometimes the what ifs can come in. But God has a plan. And you could be a part of it for your church to build up men. Start seeking that out. Otherwise, let's just pray. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. And thank you for being a part of this basically one year anniversary podcast really father thank you for this time i ask that you work in these men's hearts that you transform them that you build them up that you start moving in men's hearts to be leaders in their church to even get a few men together to pray together that's how it could start i pray that you start building up men in many of these churches that will lead the example start discipling mentoring paying attention to what's going on in their church, their home, their community. I pray you help them to put on the armor of God and to protect it. Keep themselves accountable to always reflect on it. I ask, Lord, that you help men to stand firm in the truth, stand firm in their faith. I also ask you help them to discover what it means to be loving, gentle, caring, compassionate. Let them be transformed, Lord. Let them understand what it means to be men of God by jumping on this journey. If you're new, take this opportunity to ask God to show you what it means to be a man of God. And if it's continue to listen to this podcast, great. If not, um, that you seek it out in your church. Lord, I ask that you move these men to be transformed. Let your Holy Spirit guide them in the direction they need to be going as men and build up men in their churches that are leading, keeping each other accountable, praying, encouraging, uplifting, and are walking in truth. And I want to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I pray that this will be a blessing. You guys have a great day. Thank you.